Hey, this is Jay Jackson, lead singer for Apologetics, that Christian parody band, and you're listening to The Wild Man and Steve Show. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve Show starts right now. Now, the exciting conclusion of the interview with Mr. Bill on the Wild Man and Steve show with Wild Man and Steve. Now, you have a church in the late 60s, early 70s that was still very traditional, very much musically and in terms of worship, very much in the past and very much opposed to all of the rock and roll from the 50s and 60s for a lot of good reasons. If you look at the lifestyle of the musicians, if you look at the lyrics of the music, there was a lot for the church to just say, whoa, I don't want any, you know, anything to do with this. And so when you have the hippies bringing the music with them, even though they, they brought a different lyrics, they brought a different message, it was because of the type of music and because of the appearance of these hippie Christians, it was an automatic putting up the wall against them that we can't accept this because of the appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, you have a revolutionary like Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel who God called to, to invite and say, you know what? Um, these hippie kids, they, they have as much a right to be in the church as anybody else. These are people that God has saved. He's brought them in and I'm going to bring him into my church. And I, I can't under or overemphasize how significant that was for Chuck Smith to do that down at Calvary Chapel in Southern California. There may have been other churches. I'm just not aware of them. But that was the one growing up in Southern California that I'm aware of. It's the one that um, got the most notice at the time. So um, Remember, you probably saw the Jesus uh, music, the movie. Yes. Yeah focuses very much on that certainly in the early part of that film focuses on the calvary chapel and and specifically on that bringing in of the hippie yes and and giving them a place where they could grow in the faith grow in their biblical knowledge but also share in the music which was they could share in the music yeah chuck smith i mean he didn't tell them what as far as what their musical style had to be you know he was just listening to the message and how gifted they were you know so um the the whole battle in the 70s and into the 80s was, and if you talk to the, the early Christians, the DeGarmo and Keys and Milan the Fever and Broken Heart and Striper and, you know, and White Cross, you know, the folks who came along in the 80s, um, it was a constant battle of the world doesn't accept us because we're Christians. The church doesn't accept us because they associate us with rock and roll. Um, and that was a constant battle from the 70s into the 80s. I would say that things began to change, I think, in the early 90s. 
um, maybe because you have so many artists who had been around for a while and had established themselves and they prove themselves through their lifestyle and how they lived their lives and how they, they carried themselves in terms of their Christian witnesses. Not everybody was perfect, but there were a number of artists who who showed that, no, this is different than what the world is doing. But you also have a lot of pastors and churches who over time began to open their doors to more and more of the the young kids. As you get into the, the 90s, you have, it's not the hippies, you have the, the kids who are into punk and the kids who are into alternative. Early 90s, you had um, Nirvana coming out of Seattle with the grunge. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids were getting into the grunge and getting into ska, like my my oldest son did, getting into ska and, and um, you know, the, the alternative music in the 90s. And I think just more and more churches and pastors began to see that there's more to this than what we thought originally. And over time, acceptance tends to come. Either something either comes up and it dies out or it stays. And contemporary Christian music has stayed because um, the Holy Spirit's been working. Through. If the Holy Spirit's not in it, it's not going to stay around. It's going to disappear. But it was obvious when you go back to the, the Jesus movement of the late 60s, early 70s, in my view, my opinion, that was one of the great revival movements of church history. I think it, it it's on a level with the uh, the revivals of the late 1700s, 1800s in England and the U.S. Yeah. That's how significant I think the Jesus movement was in the late 60s, early 70s. And that's a move of God. It's not something that man created. It's a sovereign work of God through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think God continued to work to this day through um, musicians, and it's, it's become accepted in the church. You have um, pastors who have opened churches who, um, I think of Bob Beeman and what he did with, has yeah. done with his ministry, and other similar, and even more traditional churches um, have become more on board, on board with. In fact, when you go into a lot of churches today, you know, the worship movement kind of came along in the, the mid 90s to the late 90s. But you go into most churches today, what are they doing for their worship services? They're really doing really contemporary stuff with guitars and drums. And it's, this is all an outgrowth of what was happening in the, in the Christian music in the seventies and eighties. So it's just over time, there's been an acceptance when people realize, I think one, God is God, this is something God is doing, you know? So you don't want to oppose God. And number two, they realize it's just not what they thought it was originally. So hopefully that maybe gives some context and and helps explain it. You know, I, 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 
just the idea, the, the history that you know about this just has me intrigued because I've done everything I can on my own um, to understand the history. Like just, just to give an example, when I was in high school, my senior year in high school, I did, I had to do a paper in my music class and I did it on the history of Petra. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot, not, not nearly to the extent that you have, but I've done a lot. So I, my mind is just racing now with so many thoughts and questions um, because I'm just like you. I like to know what, why things are the way they are. How did we get here? What's the, yeah. what's the history behind it? So when I hear you talking about that, I can't help but think it seems to me that at every era, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, currently, whichever, whatever you want to call the early 2000s to today, um, that if we stay with the term Christian rock, each era sounds like it had its own motivation. Yes. And there might be a different motivation with each one. So yeah, I think so. What, what, how, what, how would you classify those different motivations? Well, if you go back to the Jesus movement, the folks who were being saved and, and were going into music, it was all about sharing Christ through their music. They weren't about record deals, making albums. That really wasn't their thought. Their thought was um, music was just an, an, it was an integral part of their life. And now Jesus was an integral part of their life. And so it was just, it was totally natural that, hey, I've got this relationship with Jesus and I want to share with others. And the natural vehicle for doing that is music. And so when you look at the early days, that was the motive. They just wanted to share Jesus with others, and music was a natural vehicle to do it. And it was really that simple and that innocent and, and that pure. Contemporary Christian music as an industry started to develop when you get into the late 70s, but mostly into the 80s, when you have this industry that starts to develop. And so the motives get a little bit less clear. I mean, when you come right down to it, it really comes down to the individual artist, uh, an individual band. W what made them get into what they're doing to begin with? You know, in some cases, um, you have people who are Christians, and their motivation is they, you know, they they want to they they love rock and roll. They love rock. They're Christians. That's a natural part of who they are, and so. Um, they want to share Christ through their music, but the music is important too. And then, but for others, because there's an industry, I guess I'm kind of voicing a concern here. I, I think over the last 20, 30 years, I have some concern that the motivation in some ways for some artists could be not so much to just be an artist and express art in what they're doing, but the motivation, part of the motivation may be to try and become known to try and get the record deal, to try and make a living out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I can't paint that with a broad brush, but it, it exists on a level through the, the 90s and in, up through today that it did not exist in the 70s. Yeah. And I think it might be one of those things where, uh, well, the enemy comes in and try anything that God does, it's good. The enemy's going to come down and try and pervert it and twist it to his uses. Yeah. And so uh, I'm painting with a really broad brush. When you come down to the individual band or artists, you have to take it on an individual basis. I can't say why a particular artist does what they do. Um, you just have to to look at the at the fruit of what they of what they're doing. You know, what's their lifestyle? Um, what's in their music? Look at their lyrics. Um, what do they say when you when you read them in interviews? 
in print or on online or when they're doing live interviews, uh, what do they say? You know, you look at the whole entire package because a, a Christian, you're, if Jesus is in your life, it's going to show in your life through all different facets of your life. And it's not that you're perfect, but the overall tenor of your life is going to be such that people are going to see you're going to be different. You're not going to fit into what the world's mold is. Yeah. And there have been some Christian rock bands that have, I think have fallen into that trap. When you, I've heard interviews with Michael Sweet from Striper, and he readily admits towards the end there in the late uh, early nineties, you know, that against the law album that with Striper that happened with them, that they had fallen, they had fallen prey to the trappings of the rock and roll's lifestyle as one of the reasons why Striper broke up and Michael had to walk away. You know, fortunately, I, you know, they've gotten things, they got things back together and, and their witness and their art came back, but there was a time where Striper had struggled with that as well. Um, so it's a real danger for anybody who gets well known. But again, motivation for the various artists, it depends on the individual artists and their band, yeah. that in the, the new testament right i mean you see it with mm -hmm. jesus and the guys that are you know changing money in the temples and 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 you know selling the uh, the birds for sacrifices like you know you guys gotta get out of here because that stuff will will just come around like slack water around the boat man it just yeah just, uh, it just kind of comes in um, i want to go back obviously Can i mention one, one thing real quick though steve yeah I think one of the things that's so important, and, and I'm not talking about Christian musicians, this is all of us as Christians, you have to have support and accountability. And that's where that's the purpose, That's one of the reasons for the church. Um, the church is so vital to the health of a Christian, and especially small, small groups. I am such a believer in small groups in the church because that's where you really get to. It, it's hard to be the church like you see in the, in the book of Acts in a large worship service on Sunday. I mean, it has its role, it has its part, but where church really plays it, it plays out where you can be real with other people and you can hold each other accountable is in the small group. And my wife and I have been parts of small Bible study groups ever since, um, ever since I got saved in high school. And since we got married, we've been married for over 40 years. We've always been in a small group. We're an integral part of a small group to this day. So um, the church and, and being in a small group to the health of any Christian is so important. You've got to be real. You've got to hold each other accountable, and you've got to be in the Word. And the, I think the danger for so many Christian artists is you get away from that support. You, do, you either don't have that support group or you get away from it, and you find yourself isolated kind of on your own, and that's where uh, Satan can come in and really kind of start to pick you off if you're not careful. Well, and, and we've said countless times on this show, 
the the artists we've interviewed, uh, individual artists, bands, whatnot, the number of them that are so grounded in the faith, in the word, in their local church, uh, I, I can rattle off people r- right now for you. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the bands that have survived over time are, are the artists that as individual worshipers of Christ have done that. Yeah. And the upcoming bands that are, that man, you just hear them, you go, ooh, there's something there. Those are also the ones that are the deepest in the word, that are deepest in their faith, deepest in their local church, uh, and, and really have that. And, and listen, as much as I, and wild man knows nothing, not, nothing I'd rather talk about than, than Jesus, really, all day <laughs> long. But I do want to circle back to, again, something you were talking about earlier, and and the whole DJ personality thing. When you mentioned Wolfman Jack <laughs> uh, beginning of the show, I I, I, I kind of lit up, and um, I'm just I, first of all, I find that so fascinating, and I remember I'm I'm living the dream right now uh, doing doing this podcast because mm-hmm. I remember uh, being in eighth grade and we filled out stuff, you know, kind of like on some standardized test, and there's a part, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, and and I bubbled in DJ, and and I remember I went home and told my my parents that. And my mom's like, are, "Are are you serious? You actually put that down on a on a, on a standardized test? You put down radio DJ? <laughs> yeah, man, I think it's really cool." Um, so I'm living that dream now. But uh, d- are there those personalities anymore? I obviously radio still exists. We know it, and and there are the you know you'll still see some billboards in the big cities and whatnot. But I wonder, are there really those great personalities like there used to be? And obviously, I think there is a there's a difference in the format of, say, internet radio, yeah, compared with you know your AM FM dial, while you're you know uh, secular contemporary music, contemporary uh, and radio. I there could be. I mean, I don't listen to it. I'm not that familiar with it, so I don't know if there are if there are great. Um, are there any great rock and roll personalities on the radio anywhere? I don't know. I mean, I know I mentioned Jim Ladd earlier. I know he's on Sirius XM. Um, he's one of the last great. I mean, Tom Petty wrote the song about the last great DJ Tom Petty wrote about Jim Ladd. Along with that, as you were talking too about just the incredible variety of music that you would hear mm-hmm. back in the day. And now it does seem it's very very pigeonholed. There's this station for this and this station for this and this station for that. Yeah. Can I address that for a minute? Again, I'm almost like a sociologist in some way. You know, I, I, I study these things. Radio has, has changed a lot. And a lot of that goes back to, you go back to um, the Reagan presidency. There was a thing called the fairness doctrine that existed up until the Reagan um, presidency. Basically, the fairness doctrine said that um, if you had one point of view, you had to counter it with another point of view. And also, back in the day, up through the 80s, stations had to carry public programming on their radio stations. And also, there was a limit to the number of radio stations that a particular ownership group could own. I think it was listed limited to like seven or eight. This is through through the 1980s. So back in the day, you had the small mom and pop radio station. You didn't have the big conglomerates that owned everything. You had stations who had to carry public programming, so they would carry religious program. Well, even the rock and roll stations would carry some type of religious programming to meet the FCC requirements. 
That's one of the reasons why Mary Neely up at Exit Records in the Warehouse Ministries in Sacramento created rock and religion in the late 70s. Um, it was a vehicle to, it was a, a means of uh, meet for state for rock and roll stations to meet that public um, community uh, requirement. And yet um, it was to expose people to Christian rock and roll, which was a, it was a, a very genius idea that she did. I don't know if you know that uh, that's where Mike Rowe from the 77s, uh, he worked with that, that ministry for a period of time with Mary Neely rock and religion. We, wow. we air a, a plug. I, I actually have some of those shows, a lot of those shows and we air them on classic Christian rock radio on, on uh, Sunday nights. But um, anyway, to get back to what I was saying, all those regulations were done away with through the, the 80s during the Reagan administration. And then in the 90s during the Clinton administration as well, they did away with all the restrictions and the requirements. So what happened in effect was you started having the um, these groups get bigger and bigger and bigger, and they started to buy out all these small mom and pop stations all over the place. And so you have iHeartRadio and Cumulus and I should start, I mean, there's others, but basically almost all the radio stations, AM and FM radio stations today are owned by probably five or six entities and that's it. And the small mom and pop radio station in town just doesn't exist anymore. And so as that happened, everything became nationalized. You never, you don't have local anymore and everything's being controlled at the upper, at the, instead of at the local level and, and for local people to have freedom and local DJs to have freedom, um, everything's being controlled by the top, by the companies. And so they start telling the local station, well, they're not even local, almost all the programming is coming through satellite now. You don't even really have local programming anymore. So everything's coming down from the top. Everything's being controlled from the top. And so that's why you have these tightly controlled playlists and every station has their, and they stick with their niche. Um, in the Christian market, I I can I'll mention um, Air One and K Love. They're both own. I think I forget who owns them, but if you tune into them, their programming is all strictly for women, uh, moms, basically twenty five to forty. That's who they program for, and it's very very tightly strictly formatted. Um, it's because I I hate to say it, but it has to do with money and you know money and getting don't in their case getting donations getting ears you want people to listen um and getting the money the donations to come in and they think that you just attract that through having your your programming confined and even when you go across internet radio stations you know the internet pretty much most of the stations are very narrow in terms of their focus and i'm going and i'm not a, i'll i've said this and i'll say it right up front if you like your music one way, you're never going to listen to classic Christian rock radio. If you're a hard rock metal guy and that's all you want to listen to, you're not going to like my station. You know, I'm sorry, but that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize, but I mean, we're not for yeah, you. Yeah. There are lots of stations that do that. Right. If, if you like CCM, there are a right. lot of stations that do that, that they do strict CCM, you know, the early CCM, the Amy Grant and the Michael W. Smith. There are lots of stations that do that. I don't know too many stations. In fact, I can't really think of any offhand that that do what we do. We kind of have a broad panorama of music that we play. I mean, there's stuff that we don't play. Um, there's a lot of like, th I won't, you won't hear thrash, 
And we restrict some of the, a lot of the metal music we restrict to Saturday night, super metal Saturday with Jeff Cooper. But um, all I know is for, for me, for classic Christian rock radio, the station is a reflection of me and my musical taste. And I decided a long time ago, it's kind of like what Brian Duncan says, we, you know, on his podcast that he did, his show uh, Road to Redemption, he often said, I only play music that I like. And, and that's, that's, that's really our slogan is, uh, behind the scenes is, I only put music into the library that I like. And for me, that is a really broad range of music, okay? And for myself or Jeff or uh, the G-Man, Jeff Cooper or Stephen D, his show, I don't tell them what to play. I mean, they have the whole entire library to choose from. They can choose what they want, okay? I want the, the, the station's a reflection of me in that there's all this great Christian music and I want people to know about it, and I want them to know about the history of it. And what I'm afraid of is if you if you tune in and you've got your narrow station you're listening to, say you're a hard rock metal guy, and you're and you've got your and there are a lot of great hard rock metal internet Christian stations out there, and that's all you listen to, you're going to hear a lot of great, and they do a great job of programming. But that's what you're hearing is going to fit that near narrow genre, and you're never going to hear. An artist like an Ashley Cleveland or a Carolyn Ahrens or, you know, other artists that we play, yeah, they're not metal, they're not hard rock, but they're great artists. They're terrific songwriters, and they should be recognized for who they are and their talent as well. Way back in Norway, 1963, a child of the South sat watching TV. She heard her future in a rock and roll band In a language she could understand She heard a way She heard a way She heard a way Way out of Norway She took the highway to a foreign land Called California where she joined a band She started drinking and all them plans They went to no way That's what I worry about is that we get into this gets into a whole other subject but we get into our own little bubble where we we listen to our own playlist we listen to our own internet station all we ever hear is what we like and we're never exposed to other things i go back again to the 1970s when i tuned into k-rock in los angeles and jimmy rabbit's on the radio and he's playing the sex pistols next to hank williams i mean it's nobody yeah. would do that these days but I'm, I was exposed to music that I otherwise would not have been exposed to. Okay. Internet radio needs to be different. It really should be different because if you're going to listen to just one niche of music, why even tune into internet radio? You can probably have your own playlist on your phone that you can listen to. Right. Yeah. You know, why even tune in? What's the reason for tuning in to internet radio at all? You know, and especially if you're just doing music. But if you uh, can People people have such different reasons for listening to music, right? So I might yeah. just want some background music while I'm, you know, painting the bedroom or something, or background music at a party or whatever. But I do think, and we've talked about this so many times again, Wildman, 
I think real music lovers tend to have that broader uh, range of interest and are intrigued by new music, intrigued by learning. I love the fact that you you talked about getting into stuff because of your son. I can absolutely testify to that. Yeah. Um, when I was taking my son to, to his basketball practices a few years ago, he turned me on to a band called 21 Pilots. I'd never heard of them. Mm. Suddenly I'm listening to these guys. That are, they're, I think a couple of guys may be Christian, but they're basically a secular band. I'm going, dude, this is some interesting music. Uh, I was fascinated by it. I was fascinated by the lyrics. Uh, he's introduced me to a band called Fleet Foxes. Uh, mm. And and they are just really interesting and creative and 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 they're popular in some circles, but I don't know that they're you know they're not you know Beyonce. They're not going to be selling at you know at that level. But he's he's introduced me to that, and I think the and again I, I don't want to say that the, the true music lover is somehow better than people who listen to music for other reasons, but people who really do have that passion for listening to music. I think will gravitate to a station like yours. Uh, will like to get recommendations from other people. Maybe hear some artists on our show and say, "Ooh, I want to go check that out because I do like you know picking picking up something new." Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah the other it, thing about internet radio, if I can put this in real quick, um, the other thing about internet radio, and you can tell, I it, it's it's something I'm really passionate about. I've been doing this for 19 years. It's something I went into as a hobby, but somewhere along the way, I found out that it was a calling. It wasn't a hobby. It was a calling. <laughs> it really is and a, and a ministry. And and so I, I take this pretty seriously. But the other thing about internet radio, again, our station, um, because we have a lot of different music, I have a lot of different programming, but we have we have live DJs doing live shows. And that's the other thing I think that needs to be different because Again, there's a lot of internet Christian internet radio stations, and they just play music. And to me, that I call it ju jukebox radio. To me, it's no different than if you're just listening to your own playlist. Now, granted, you may have a station that's going to play a great variety of stuff, so you may hear something that you wouldn't have on your normal playlist, and so there's some validity to that. But what's missing is the human element. And what, what made radio great for me growing up, what made radio great wasn't just the music it was the personalities it was the people you know i wasn't tuning in i wasn't going out into the garage just to listen to great motown music i wanted to hear wolfman jack right you know? yeah i wanted to hear jim ladd i wanted to hear mary turner again there were so many great djs i used to listen to in los angeles here their, their names escaped me but you know there was a casey casey Kasem Kasem was on local radio in los angeles in the 60s KRLA, you know, I used to listen to him. I mentioned, you know, Jimmy Rabbit and there's so many others. But anyway, so that it was it was about the personalities as well as the uh, the music. It's the human touch, the human element. We as human beings, God designed us to connect with each other. And it's part of the reason it's why you know the church is so important, the small group is so important, and it's why I think you know on our station on Classic Christian Rock Radio I want to have live shows with real live people in real time that you can actually communicate with through, um, I know Jeff and, and Steve basically do text messaging, but when I'm on the air, I've got the text messaging, I've got email, I've got a chat room, and you can actually call me. I, I mean, I have a studio line. You can actually call me while I'm on the air live. And it's a live experience so that when a person tunes in, see, when you tune into another internet radio station that's just playing music, you're hearing it, and you, there may be other people listening at the same time as you, 
and you may be able to interact on social media, but it's not the same as when I do. When I do a live show, you're hearing my voice. You know that I'm live. I'm sharing everyday stuff about my life. My listeners connect with me on a personal level because I'm talking about my own personal life as well as the music. The listeners are hearing me in real time, and they know that there are all of them out there sharing in the same experience at the same time live. And they're texting me and I'm sharing their text. I mean, something as simple at the beginning of my show, I share about, I tell them what the weather is in Colorado Springs. And I have other listeners who are texting me about what the weather is in their town. And I'm I'm sharing that on the air. I'm saying, Brett out in uh, Oregon, here's the weather in his town. And uh, Darren over here, and, you know, I, I actually mentioned their name and what they shared and so it's a live experience happening. It's that human element, that human touch, and God created us for that. So that's the other thing that I think we bring to Classic Christian Rock Radio that doesn't exist on other stations for the most part. Yeah, I, I would agree with that definitely because you touched on two things there that I was sharing with Steve before the show tonight, that what I appreciate about Classic Christian Rock Radio are the two things you just said, the the first one is the broad range of music um, because, you know, sometimes a song will come on and I'm like, ah, I really don't care for that. But then but then I know, you know, just hang on, <laughs> uh, you know, and like you'll you'll play uh, uh, Morgan Cryer or something. And then the next thing you know, Striper's playing, you know, it's mm -hmm. like you go from one one uh, genre to the next because it's so broad which reminds me of radio when i was growing up and what, what we were just talking about sometimes you 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 would have to quote unquote suffer through what you didn't like in order to listen to what you did what you do like yeah. but through that suffering you learned about other artists and you learned about what what they could do um i i will say this much when i listen to your station um it brings back a lot of nostalgia memories from when I heard songs on the radio um, and when I was in high school. Um, and so, and that's great. But the, the second part, you talk about that human element. I appreciate that as well. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm also a, uh, being a history guy, but also I'm, I'm a political junkie as well. I, I, I love the news. And so the fact that you have Al Mohler's daily briefing on, I, I appreciate that also. I appreciate Brian Duncan's nutshell sermons. Yeah. Um, all of those, all of those things intertwine. So folks, it's not just the music, the music's great, but it's like, it, it's still, you're, you're still connecting with current events that are going on mm -hmm. in today's world. Um, and that's, that's just an exciting part of it. And I appreciate you just, that. You just triggered me on two things. Number, well, one, I was going to say, um, with my live show, as opposed to when you have most other internet radio stations, you, you never know what's going to happen or what you're going to hear because, I can't tell you how many times um, if you most most internet radio stations, it's it the pre, it's a preset pay, playlist. It's just going to play through. There's no human being there with me. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I have just done things on the fly. And mm -hmm. so you never know what I'm going to play on the air. And I will I'm not afraid to just switch things up in the middle of a show. Something will trigger me. And I think, oh, gosh, wouldn't it be great to play? um a, a short theme that, and a short set of songs that fit this theme or um somebody today my show today somebody asked me ken in manitoba said oh i don't have a request but why don't you play your favorite song and i, thought, I have so many favorite songs well there's one really great song from the 77s i'm going to run to the city of refuge and i thought you know what 
why don't I just play the original from Blind Willie Johnson? Um, just kind of an intro. You know, I we have a blues show on Sunday night, so I introduced songs. I know here's the guy who wrote the song. So here I'm going to play you a little bit of Blind Willie Johnson, the original version from 1930 something, and then it segues into the 77s from um, Holy Ghost Building. And then after I did, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this other one. So then I after the from the um, the seventy sevens, I went into Blind Willie Johnson, um, nobody's fault but mine, the original, and then segued into the seventy sevens version from Drowning with Land in Sight. See, that's something I didn't plan that, but that was just something that was on the fly. But that's what makes great radio, you yeah. know. And then, um, what was the other point I was going to make? I forgot. <laughs> there was some other point. Oh, the ministry spots. I had a listener several years ago. Uh, a gentleman who was just very dear to me, he passed away a few years ago, but he, I, we used to talk all the time and he used to, to he, he told me one time, he said, you know, um, why don't you do away with the ministry spots and just play music? And I told him I will never do that because number one, um, classic Christian rock radio is a ministry and the ministry spots that we play are as much a part of the station as the music. And I said, number two, I can't tell you how many times because I, you know, I listen to my own station all the time. I can't tell you how many times that a ministry spot will come on, and it'll just something this that that is in that ministry spot that speaks to me in that moment, some need, or something's happening in my life, and that ministry whoever does the ministry spot will say something that just speaks immediately to the need in my life, mm-hmm. and that's happened over and over and over again. So. The ministry spots, like I said, classic Christian rock radio. We're not here just to play music. We're here to to minister to people and um, to educate people. And the ministry spots, you never know when one of those spots is going to speak to somebody and meet a need in their life. So um, as long as I have something to say with it, the ministry spots are always going to be there. It's part of who we are. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know recently, and I don't know if you've done it before, I can't remember, but I know recently you did the uh, History of Christian Rock. Uh, I believe it was the it was it was on a Saturday and a Sunday. And I that was I, New I, Year's. Yeah, it's an annual thing we do on New Year's. Yeah. Oh, really? OK. I didn't yeah. know hey, it's, on New Year's is when you do that. OK. Yeah. Is that is that ever I'm just putting this out there because I missed it. Is that ever like available to listen to after the fact or is it only Um, when you have it scheduled it's only when i have it scheduled um i found that i don't even know if you can find that anymore someone had put that up online years ago um it's somebody who it was actually um something that uh, john rivers hosted that so it was actually a radio special that john rivers did when they aired it on the radio this person had recorded the whole thing it was like six seven hours long he had recorded it and then later he put it up on uh, a web page on the internet, and I happened to have found it and downloaded it and prepped it so we could use it. So, um, oh. yeah, it's not something that's available anywhere that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendars because <laughs> that's when you need to listen to this uh, definitely. And, and I'll listen to every second of that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, I also want to ask everybody right now while you're listening, I, I want you to do one of two things. I want you to either go right now to classicchristianrock.net or, or and or, I should say, go to whatever device you are using um, and download Get Me Radio. 
and search for classic Christian rock there. You will not be disappointed. I was very impressed with the Get Me Radio app, being able to play that on my phone with my head, with my AirPods, everything else. Um, you recommend that on your station, so that got me on to Get Me Radio. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you all to download it right now for the purpose that that's where you can find classic Christian rock yeah. radio. We have a we have actually shortened our uh, website. It's now you can still get there by classicchristianrock.net, but ccrock.net will get you there. And it's a lot less to type. So ccrock.net will get you to the website. All right. Well, very good. And we want to thank you for your time tonight and thank you for being with us. We could do we could do how many? We could do a mini series of just this, couldn't we, Steve? We could ladies and gentlemen, this is just part one. Again, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you and I track so well together because I've been thinking about this like I have so many more questions and so many more things I want to talk about. We have to have you back. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Just like talk about watching, you know, rockumentaries on, mm-hmm. on TV and, and those things. I mean, I'm such a geek for that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the rock movies, you know, about like the Elvis movie that came out here recently. Oh, yeah. All like, I love all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, so it is time now for Wild Man's on-the-spot question. Every episode, I put our guest on the spot with a on-the-spot question. Mr. Bill, are you ready? As ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> so, Mr. Bill, you find yourself um, under difficult circumstances, and you are on a deserted island. Um, there is no music on the island, but you are promised that you can have one song and one song only. Wow. And you're on this island and you have no idea how long you're going to be on this island. What song would you choose? Oh, my goodness. That's a tough one. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, give me shelter, Ashley Cleveland. such a big fan of her and i love you know that song i mean it, i loved it when the stones did it but uh ashley and kenny kenny green kenny greenberg they just do such a great job with that one but yeah my favorite artist is ashley cleveland if i had to pick just one song that would be it okay all right very good well we want to thank you for coming on this has been great and uh folks again dcrock.net and trust me folks go to that get me radio and download it just for that purpose while you were talking, I downloaded the app, typed in Classic Christian, immediately it auto-filled. I popped on the station. That's simple. Cool. Love it. <laughs> All right. So thank you. Thank you once again, Mr. Bill. We appreciate this. Oh, you're welcome. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks so much.
It was an honor to have Mr. Bill on our show. I appreciated his passion for what he does. Everyone that works at his station is completely volunteer. The reason they do what they do is because they believe they are following what God desires, nothing more and nothing less. When you talk with Mr. Bill, it doesn't take long for you to realize he isn't about popularity or numbers of listeners, but simply about doing what God wants. Nothing more, nothing less. What a great perspective of life we could have in general. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Sounds like rock and roll to me.